Welcome to Potadelphia. My name is Dave Diorio. You can find me on Twitter at fat underscore lobster. And I'm joined by two guys who probably could have thought of something better to do on a Sunday afternoon. What's up, Chuck and Gene? Uh, hey, Dave. Hey, Gene. So many things. So <laughs> many things could have been done on this Sunday afternoon. And not paying attention to the Eagles would have been just one thing. Like, just not paying attention to the Eagles would have been its own activity. But with Thanksgiving around the corner, you could have gotten in some some grocery shopping, um, dragged out some of the Christmas decorations to go up next weekend. There were so many things I could have done with my time as opposed to um, further that ulcer I'm working on. like to hear more about me and my medical problems you can follow me at chuck siders on twitter you can follow the show at potadelphia and this is gene zilak you can find me on twitter at producer gene and uh honestly if there's not a woge bomb about what's uh, you know because we're not going to see a carson wentz wentz bomb um <laughs> I'm, I'm not real interested this week so um yeah no that was a bad bad game and the thing is that 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 is kind of hilarious is I knew that that was what was going to happen today. And I, I still put on my Eagle sweatshirt and watched it anyway. God. So, all right, let's first let's lay out kind of with the game plan for today and, and for the week in, in Potadelphia. So today uh, we are going to talk football. We're going to talk American football. We're going to talk a little soccer. We may uh, kick in a, a little hockey talk. Um, but there has been a ton of activity in the NBA and specifically with the Sixers. So Gene, you have a, uh, you have a midweek surprise lined up. For yeah. Us this so week, right? uh, tomorrow we're going to have uh, Jason Blevins from the painted lines is going to come on and talk um, about the Sixers and the NBA with us. So uh, stay tuned for that. Probably going to drop uh, Tuesday morning or Wednesday morning, depending on how fast I can get it cut up. Cool. 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 All right. So uh, without further ado, are you sure we can't ado? Are you sure there's like nothing no. we can talk no about? No further it? ado, because we, right. we also have. Wait, well, so t- today we also have the triumphant return of Chuck's penalty box. So, um, you know, we gotta, you know, we gotta get through this Eagles conversation <laughs> to get to the good stuff. We gotta eat our vegetables first before we can get to the dessert. So, we have a big heaping of vegetables. Uh, lined up for us now so and they're not even the good vegetables man these are these are straight up poorly cooked brussels sprouts yeah these are it's not french fries it's not french fry vegetables (laughs) they they fucking a potato's a vegetable it's a fucking starch (laughs) remember when they tried to sell us that bullshit that pizza was a vegetable (laughs) well you could put vegetables on it yeah, but pizza <laughs> itself is not a vegetable. It's pizza. No, that's true. That's true. It's not. It's not. Yeah. Pizza does not grow. It's not a pizza plant. <laughs> if, only, if only there were. Look, that's too much ado. Wow. Okay. <laughs> Eagles fall to the Browns, seventeen to twenty-two today, uh, in a r- rainy, disgusting, error-filled, blunder-riddled shit show. Uh, in Cleveland, and here's five minutes into the game, the game was over. Yeah, as as soon as uh, Miles Sanders fumbled that ball, the game was over. And it was funny because when the game started, all right, there's a defensive stop, get the ball back, 
And it was like the Doug Peterson of my wet dreams. <laughs> Just pounding the rock. Uh, and it was a thing of beauty. And I even texted all you guys like, this is my favorite drive of the whole season. And then the next fucking play, the next fucking play, they fumble within the 10 yard line. I, it's just inventing new ways to torment us uh, at this point. I just don't know what to say. You said it well. And just like you said, it, it, you took no hope away from that drive. It wasn't like, all right, well, we showed we can move the ball. You know, you know, we, we showed that it's not just going to be Carson throwing for three and out all day. We can, yeah, that, that sucks that we fumbled there, but, you know, this might be a good game. Once that fumble happened, you're like, well, that was it. That was, that was our chance to have a good game. <laughs> you know, I had zero confidence that we were going to show the same sort of, you know, methodical movement across the field and we never did again it yeah it was i was straight up bored that this game was going to happen and you know this might be the least fun i've ever had watching a a first place football team oh my god (laughs) shut up All right, it wasn't the least fun I've ever had watching. It's like technically correct, with the best kind of correct, but it's 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 no fun. Like I don't, you know, who do we who do we like on the team? Hardly anybody. You know, Rieger. You know, he's nice. That's it. It's just it was so incredibly frustrating when that fumble happened. And it just got worse. It just got worse throughout the whole game. All these receivers do are remind you of the of the receivers that we don't have, or or didn't select. Like Rager is just gonna just remind me of Justin Jefferson for all time. And uh, you know, I'm, I'm gonna look at Arthega Whiteside and just think of DK Metcalf like for all time. Um, and that's why. I hate this team. And yeah. uh, well, one of the reasons why I hate this team, um, <laughs> Gene, your, your initial thoughts on the shit show today. Well, first of all, with that, that draft situation, I don't know how we fuck it up that bad twice. You know what I mean? It's one thing when you, when you screwed up on the DK Metcalf thing, but I guess you think you're the well, smartest. Well, when we have a room. top 10 pick this year, how he's going to tell you to hold his beer. Yeah. 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 Mm. He'll probably pick another quarterback. Um, that can, uh, that can, that can hold the, the 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 other white flag on the bench with Jalen Hurts. Uh, um, my initial my initial thoughts on this game. Uh, first of all, I, I at some point in the third quarter, while the Eagles' offense was both not scoring points and giving up more points, um, enough points that they were losing because of themselves. Literally, the offense both because they couldn't score and were giving up so many points between the uh, interception return for the uh, for the. Uh, for the touchdown and the safety were literally beating themselves. The defense could have actually probably not shown up today. We could have just said like, we're just going to be on offense the whole game and Cleveland would have still beat us. Um, 
I was convinced at one point the offense was going to like start coming off the field, and the defense was literally going to start body slamming them as they came off the field, just out of pure rage because they have to show up to work with a bunch of assholes. Like it's like if you are at a job and you, you've got a, a, another team that you uh, depend on, you know, manufacturing. You're down there making making the widgets, and those assholes in uh, in marketing keep putting out stupid advertisements that don't sell your widgets. So when those suits come down, you want to put them through the widget machine. Um, <laughs> I guess maybe I'm having some issues with labor relations uh, this week. I, I don't know. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, no, they, they are so infuriatingly predictable. Uh, every bad thing that they did, you know, it doesn't take Kreskin to have predicted that they were going to have, like, five turnovers today. It doesn't take... Uh, it doesn't take a genius to to know that they were going to make poor decisions uh, that were going to result in them not being able to stay in this game for any length of time. It, it's but I want to jump jump on that, Gene, because it wasn't just predictable; it was like parody. Yeah, you know we 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 joked of like, uh, Carson still got what another two turnovers in him, and then he did. Yeah, you know it's we. Early, early in the game, they showed a stat that Carson has thrown the most interceptions and been sacked most in the NFL. And he was in no danger of losing those titles today. I mean, he's padding his lead. Like, it's, you know, uh, another friend of ours in chat had complained about the offensive line, and I'm like, yeah, I hear you. There's a lot of things to complain about, but... Doug, Carson, what the hell are you doing? How many times are you just going to lose the game in the pocket? You know, Everything on the offense is bad. Yeah. Everything is bad. There's, nothing is good. Everything is bad. So I can't even tell what the bad thing, the most bad thing is. Right, no, it's all yeah. bad. I, I mean, I'm guessing the most bad thing is the offensive line. Uh, but yeah, I mean, to your point, Chuck, uh, Carson's day today, 235, two touchdowns, two interceptions, five sacks and a fumble that the Eagles recovered. Um, but it's just like, here we are again, a broken record of the same problems. And Carson was asked about that in the, the press conference. A reporter asked him, Carson, we seem to be talking about the same things week after week. Why do you think nothing is getting better? And I mean, to his credit, Carson said, that's a good question. I don't know. (laughs) Maybe I should stop throwing it to the other team. (laughs) Maybe, maybe I should not put up ducks that like, or, or throw into how many times today did he throw passes and you'd look at it and be like, I can count six Browns players and one Eagles player. Like if, if there's one read to make that, that can't be the right read. Yeah. And, and and you mentioned throwing ducks because it, in other weeks past, I talked about, you know, he's not a gunslinger. Why is he trying to thread the needle there? And that goes to the receivers. The receivers aren't doing him any favors because no. there were a few moments in this game where he did thread the needle and you would hear that ball hit off the shoulder pads. You know, if you hear that, that, that pigskin against plastic, that should be a reception. And he would he would thread the needle a few times, but 
on some of them, even I, there was one uh, reception to, to Goddard that I think ended up getting us a, a first down or at least uh, um, a, a big gain in yards. This thing was like teaching a kid how to catch a ball. It was loft. It was a, such a pretty little arc. It was begging to be picked off. And there were half a dozen of those, if not more, where it's like, are you a professional quarterback? You know, and, but again, you know, I, I've harped on Carson because he's now fallen into the category of quarterbacks I don't like. Sorry, it's just, it, he, that is your fate now. But there were times where he got the ball there, they couldn't bring it down. You know, he was under constant pressure. I wish Doug gave him some relief. I wish, I wish the offensive line did something. I wish, I wish, I wish, I wish. Ugh, the game was so incredibly frustrating. And the fact that they hung around, thanks to the Browns not being able to capitalize, that they hung around just made it even more so. We were down, what, only 7 nothing in the third? Well, it was 10 you know, 7. It was, it was actually 10 to 7 in the third. It was 10 to 7 in the third. At one point, there was 10 to 7 in the third. <laughs> yeah, it was wild. Yeah. Yeah. It didn't feel like that. No, it didn't feel like it at all. We weren't we only down two points in the fourth at one point. I remember going, "How the hell is this game seven seven? Yeah, yeah. It uh, there was it had no right to be that way. And I joked that the Eagles' most valuable player was the booth review. Yeah. Um, that, that was that was a ten points right there. The one not a touchdown. And why the hell did they go for it on fourth there? Take the points, but whatever. The Browns went for it fourth down, couldn't make it into the end zone. And then the interception that wasn't right, um, where the Eagles managed to get a, a field goal out of it. Why the fuck are we going to the end zone there? That's Why another not? case of he oh, threw but, a ball in the Can we talk for Browns. a second about how Alshon Jeffrey needs to never play another snap as a Philadelphia Eagle ever again? Talk about the a, rest of his natural life. Talk about like a for who for what sort of moment on that second uh, that second interception. Like you literally sort of see the look in his eyes as the ball is lofting towards him and being like, you know, I don't really feel like getting hit right now. I'm just gonna go ahead and let this let this bro, other guy jump over me. Bro jumped and landed before the ball got there. Yep, and it was intercepted. So as much as I'm gonna like slam Carson, like. Dude, you got to give me an effort. Like, you are going to cash a check this week, right? Like, you're going to cash <laughs> that check? You had no no receptions for no yards, and that was your effort on your target that basically produced an interception. When like, we're still you, in the game there. Me, we're absolutely still in the game there because we got that gift of a pass interference call. Uh, we score there. Legitimately, there's enough time that we could make a defensive stop, and and, you know, you're only down six at that point. Yeah, I live to regret not holding Alshon to the fire after that Saints playoff game every year. We should have gone full Philly on him. Yeah. People wonder why we ran him out of town. People wonder why we do that. This is why. I don't think we're I think we're not doing it enough. I think that's the 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 moral of the story. You know, between Alshon and what Markel Fultz. You know, anyone like we give a chance. It's like, you know what? We're rooting for you. We're not going to go full Philly on you. Every time it's like, about that. 
What's what? We'll see how Brett Brown feels about that. <laughs> He's got an extra year out of us. Yeah, that's yeah. true. That's true. Uh, I don't. Well, it's. I forget the point I was gonna make. It, it was. It was a very frustrating game. It was a very yeah. frustrating game. Can we um? Can we talk about how we just like normalize the fact that Kareem Hunt still plays in the NFL? I, I mean, like, I don't watch a lot of Browns games, but it it always it always strikes me when when we play one of these teams that has one of these domestic abusers or child abusers or murderers or whatever that Cream Hunt didn't murder anybody, but yeah, that I know of. Um, the, it's come to and like we just society has just moved on, has just forgotten that there's actual video of him like punching a woman and then kicking her while she's on the ground like that happened and the chiefs cut him um so yeah, we're just gonna the, like yeah, pretend City... that he's just like a normal player on the browns and everyone in cleveland cheers when he scores touchdowns and that's fine we're just we've just moved on cleveland or kansas city straight cut him right and then yeah he, he got picked up by cleveland. And if that was kansas, kansas city read team for character flaws <laughs> your character is fucked right yeah so he he had to sit what only nine games or something before he was back on the roster and the only thing that you could hear about on the on the broadcast was isn't it great that they're gonna have two thousand yard rushers in cleveland like i i don't understand how it, it everything with that sort of thing just gets glossed over at this point that that people's you know it's not even like the their their character is even discussed i mean i guess when you're you're the d squad for uh for fox you know these guys probably don't even have the best notes anyway uh, well, but, well i mean it's not like aikman or, uh, or you know and uh, buck would would bring it up either no uh, and you know i don't know that we need to every game um rehash but, the guys you know past or whatever, but, but I feel I like there are strong. I feel like just, there are stronger penalties for things like Adderall. You know what I mean? Like it, it, it's like they they don't have their priorities straight as far as discipline goes. Like they yeah. they are very harsh on certain things that um, they seem to have zero tolerance for, uh, and then there are other things that society would deem much more serious that they seem to have very little yeah. concern for you know like honestly antonio brown is a is nuts but it seems like he's having a much harder time resuming his nfl career did than some guys that have done much more violent and egregious actions and i don't know if that's because antonio uh, yeah. brown is sabotaging himself or or what's going on but um well, I mean, football's the worst with it. Like, professional sports on the whole is not great with prioritizing things off the field. You know, if the if the person can play football, if they can play basketball, if they can play hockey, if they can play baseball, it, it outweighs a lot of, you know, huge character flaws. I I think... You know, this this is more so hockey than anything that, you know, being a good guy in the room counts for a lot. And maybe that's the thing with like Antonio Brown. It's like, yeah, he's he's a bastard, but he doesn't have as much off the field problems. But maybe people just don't like playing with him. With that said, it's football. It always seems to be like football is just so much 
you know, people are, will throw their morals aside for football rather quickly. And I, I for me, it's hitting harder this year because they're playing in empty stadiums. Like, I, I feel like we should have all gotten the message that there are things greater than sports, you know, so that if you can't talk about, you know, what somebody brings to the table, even as a quick aside, even if it is, you know, he's had off-field trouble, which isn't great. Off-field trouble sounds like you ran a red light. Um, But if that can just be part of the narrative, but I think football is just so commercialized in Americana and this is you know the whole family gather around and watches it and it's just rah 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 you know it it's it's more awkward there whereas in hockey is more of a niche sport baseball there's so many games and there's so much time in baseball you talk about everything uh, basketball I don't follow closely enough to know but this seems like football I don't know if if you if your production equals one extra win, you're worth it. Yeah, and uh, just for perspective, like next week will be the two year anniversary of when he was cut by the Chiefs. So, you know, all right, just just so we're bringing that back up to uh, everyone's top of mind after watching that game, just know that <laughs> this dude had a hand in it, which was awesome. Yeah. Um, all right, but you know, back to the Eagles. Well, we're still in first place, so fucking awesome. I think till Thursday, right? I think officially, unless I be, I mean, even if Thursday's game between Washington and Dallas ends in a tie, one of those teams will overtake us. It doesn't, I don't know which one it's going to be until the game is played, but by the end of next, by next Sunday, we will no longer be in first place. Oh, right, because we don't play it on Monday. Right. Yeah. And we're losing Monday. What are you talking about? We're playing the Seahawks. (laughs) You know what? We'll probably we'll probably win forty eight seven and win so look like that all star season again. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what the line is, but I think I'm gonna put a mortgage payment on the O on the the Seahawks covering uh, on Monday night. (laughs) Do you think it's out yet? Uh, it's gotta be eleven would be my guess if it's out. It, maybe uh, it's nine because Seattle's going to be on the road. I, I, I like I'm your eleven, Gene. I'm. Are you? I would be. Up com- I would. Days? I would be comfortable betting a mortgage payment on eleven. <laughs> <laughs> well, then it's probably. I was going to bring up Randall, but um, yeah, I don't know. Anyway, all right. Well, I'll, I'll try to look. I'll try. Yeah, to see look if you can find. See if you can find what the line is now, because I, I think I've. I think I've decided that I'm just going to bet against the Eagles every single week. Yeah, I think forward for the rest of the season. At least, at least then you'll, as they lose, you'll gain wealth. <laughs> well, it depends how much they lose by. Yeah, because these lines are not going to be, they're not going to be generous uh, towards the Eagles the rest of the way. No, I don't think, um, and they, they should. But I think so. Let's talk about like where do you think the division is going? Who do you think is going to wind up winning this division? I honestly think it's going to be Washington. See, yeah, you and Chuck are um, 
are like minds. I think that, that Washington has a very good chance to win. Obviously, they're gonna. I think they're gonna win on Thursday, um, in what has got to be possibly the worst matchup for a Thanksgiving game that they could have possibly dreamed up. Um, I know Dallas has to play on Thanksgiving because of rules, um, but um, like that's just such a dog shit game. I, I you know, uh, I'm actually glad I have to work. Um, <laughs> And then I I think that they can beat the Eagles again. They've certainly proven that, and I think they could. I think they've got a game left against the Giants if they haven't already beat them twice. I would wonder. I would wonder how. I think they've beat how them at least damaging, once. how damaging to the NFL as far as like ratings go, um, with the NFC being NFC East being as bad as it is because these are big market teams. Um, they're they're big national teams, mm-hmm. and they're divisional games that networks tend to put in spotlight situations. Well, I mean, you're talking Um, about, you've got the New York market, you've got the Dallas Fort Worth market, you've got Philadelphia and you've got Washington. Those are all top 10 television markets. And, and they are bottom 10 football teams, bottom five football teams in some cases. But, yeah. people, but but their fan bases are going to keep turning in. I mean, people have watched garbage football from Dallas since their inception, so I, I can't really excuse <laughs> them for anything. <laughs> you know, uh, Gene, that's being um, that's being spiteful. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. It's, it's been at least since uh, you know early 2000s, right? Since gone. Jerry Jones, since Jerry Jones bought the team. But the the Eagles and the Giants and and Washington and Dallas, they all. They all have a certain, you know, a panache. Je ne sais quoi. Je ne sais quoi. See, I went with panache, thinking it's less pretentious, but of a certain je ne sais quoi um, about them that I think national audiences, even if you're not a fan of either team playing, would want to check it out. You know, before we started recording, uh, um, Kansas City is playing the Raiders tonight. And Dave goes, well, it should be a pretty good game. And I'm like, it was all tied up at 14. I was just like, eh, I can't bring myself to care. Like these are just two teams that don't don't resonate. You're, you're wild that you won't, that you don't care about that game. I mean, I'll, I'll put it on once the recording's over. But it's Nelson just... Aguilar. <laughs> <laughs> That's the headline player in that matchup. It really is. Um, speaking of matchups, um, the line as of 9:44 p.m. on Sunday evening. Seattle is giving up five. Really? Oh, shit. Jump on that. Yes. I know. <laughs> oh, this is pool our own money. <laughs> Get rich quick. That's, that's two mortgage payments. Yeah, that's that's like they know something that we don't. That yeah. is like, yeah, Seattle's sending the practice squad. <laughs> Russell Wilson <laughs> has decided to take an extra bye week. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. So who? So you got? I, I think the Giants will win the division. And and what what is what about the Giants? Do you think uh, what's convinced you that the Giants are are the are the best team of the of the garbage dump? Um, nothing. I don't think anybody can be convinced that any of these teams is the best team of the garbage dump. I just feel like the the Giants more so than the other teams are. I don't know. They're like building. I don't know. To me, it feels like it's their time. They're the the one that feels like the needle is actually trending up rather than down or straight down. 
Yeah, I mean, there used to be, I mean, not that long ago, maybe even last year, where it's like if you were in like a survivor pool, you could just follow the Giants. Right. Um, and just take whoever the Giants are playing. Uh, but, you know, I don't know that it, they're, they're a little plucky this year. They've given some teams some, you know, like much like the Redskins, you know, they've, they've hung around in these these games it's a shame you know because if barkley was healthy they'd probably be running away with the division right now oh yeah because they would have had like a fifth I mean, win by like now, running running away they'd probably have like five wins right. at this point <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> insurmountable lead yeah which you know quite will the other teams even get to that or, to that or point? maybe two um, ties <laughs> but it's also like hey win the division at your own to your own detriment uh yeah, who yeah. wants to, who wants what to a mess. who wants to lose to the Packers? <laughs> what a mess! What a mess! What a mess! What a mess! Um, all right, well, <laughs> we'll revisit the so uh, you know next next week's a Monday a Monday game. We normally do a raw nerve episode after that game. Um, you know, we'll probably. We've collectively not. agreed not to do that because let's let's put it this way: if they win, if the Eagles win, let's jump on and do a show. Yeah, but. I think I'm pretty safe in assuming I'm so going to be able we'll to. See. So um, I'll see you guys, you know, the next two Sunday nights. Right. Yes. Uh, we probably won't have to worry about worry about the Eagles on Monday night. Um, hey, let's talk about uh, let's talk about the union um, because I got I got a rash of shit last week. Why? <laughs> that uh, you know? Uh, oh, you got a, a Philly team who finally wins a trophy in this city, and they get a, a one line throwaway at the end of the episode uh, last week, and that's fair. That's fair criticism. Yeah, we'll take it. Uh, we Did got they give a, us a five star review anyway? Team. What's that? <laughs> Did they give us a five star review and then put that in the critique? <laughs> You can say anything well, you want if you give us that five star review. She's a pretty knowledgeable uh, MLS uh, fan, so I was trying to actually get her on the show to drop some MLS knowledge on mm. it. But I'm still I'm still working on that. Um, but so the the Union win the Supporters Shield, uh, best record in the league. Jim Curtin wins Coach of the Year. Andre Blake wins Goaltender of the Year. Yeah. Keeper of the Year. Um, even with missing as much time as he did, I still think, and I think that that's sort of tantamount to how good he he played this well, year. Well, what did he miss? Two games at the end of the season? Uh, I thought three. it was a, I thought it was three, but I mean three. that's a lot for yeah. uh, you know for a keeper when you're only playing once a week. Yeah, so I mean, I he'll be back Tuesday, right? Uh, yeah, I think the, so. the The surgery was supposed to. I think what I read was it was a two and a half week recovery time. So. I think you're like right around three weeks since he had surgery, so I think in theory he should be back. But you never know. I mean, it's a a goalie's broken. It's a broken hand, right? Or is it wrist? Um, it's one of those it things where it's like, hand. yeah, it's one of those things where even if you know, I, I think if he's cleared to play and they feel like they can do it safely, uh, I think that he's going to want to play. Not yeah, not not that not that you know they haven't played well and you know in his stead uh but you still want your you still want your your number one he, guy out there he's been the difference in certain games you know yeah yeah that return to play tournament all the success that the union had in that it, it went squarely on his shoulders it, not not that i don't mean to diminish the the efforts of the rest of the team but blake had made certain um saves certain plays that really kept games alive. Um, 
you know, I to be to be fair, I really enjoy watching the union. Um, I I tend to know the national teams better. You know, we'd be more up to speed with the the women's national team and to less extent the men's national team. But in, in all my watching of soccer at whatever level, I, I think he stands out the most. You know, even more than Hope Solo, you know, when she was making a good name for herself and not a bad name for herself. Um, he really shines in that goalkeeper position. And so many times watching soccer, it feels like the keeper is really helpless. He he is a difference maker in that net. So I think as long as he's 90%, 80%, hell, maybe even 75%, you put him in. Yeah. And the uh, so Tuesday night, uh, tomorrow night, um, the, the union will be playing against uh, the New England Revolution, and this will be the sixth time this year that we've played them. Uh, so far we are 4-0-1. and Against uh, against Bruce Arena's Revolution team, uh, and, and everyone is very familiar with my my Boston hatred. So, <laughs> let's. I mean, they should take care of business, right? And uh, I will set say, up I a, watched. A round, I watched them round that two matchup with what Miami. Yeah, I think so. I watched them that Revolution game. Revolution played a really good game. Oh, Orlando. Other... I'm sorry, Orlando. Yeah, Orlando is another game we know. Another team we know fairly well from the from the play in tournament. Uh, or from the the off season tournament, whatever they're calling it. Um, but yeah, no, the Revolution played really good. I, I played really well the other night. I, I hope that um, they're not taking this game lightly. I, I don't get any in, uh, impression that they would be. Um, but yeah, I, I I know their our record is really really good against them. But the MLS is one of those weird sports where you know most of the world does not do this style to determine their champion. You know, they don't go into a playoff. If you look at most of the other professional leagues around the world, they have a tournament for a trophy throughout the year, and then you play the league, and when you win the league, you have won the league. Like, when you win the premiership in England, you don't then go to the playoffs. You know, you win the league, you win the table, that's it. You get the trophy, you get the medals, you go home. Um, Well, that's why that supporter's shield is is such a big deal in, like, soccer community like we yes. don't uh you know just the best record in baseball doesn't get some sort of trophy or anything you still have to go through the postseason but right you know, soccer's different yeah. well and 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 chuck can attest to this in, in hockey sometimes when winning the the most points in hockey uh in the regular season can sometimes be a curse uh <laughs> often often those teams end up becoming first round uh teams that that make first round exits so uh, the mls is weird because it's it's a soccer where you end up you know you you grind out the whole season win your supporter shield and then you go into a into a playoff and you can be knocked off in a one and done um which is which is i think both to the palate of American sports fans, but I think it it also can sometimes result in the team that's maybe not the the best over the long haul winning. So I I am very hopeful that the union are not going to fall into this trap. Uh, they seem like they have a lot of things clicking on many cylinders. They have uh, the certainly their best team that they've had in their history. Uh, and enjoy it while it lasts because a lot of them are being sold for big, big money which uh, could hopefully then lead to 
a, a, a period of continued success for the union. I think that um, people that are in the know sort of see the, the idea of these players being sold, you know, as, as a good thing for the, for the long-term health of the team and not necessarily like, Oh, we have a, this great player and now we don't. So we're screwed. Um, when, you know, where the MLS sort of falls in the global community of, of soccer, you know, that's to a certain degree, the, the ultimate goal is to develop these players that you can then sell off for high stock, you know, buy low, sell high sort of thing uh, to these European clubs and then continue to develop your, your own team. Um, well, that's kind of, I, I think, and I think the academies are kind of the key to the whole thing with MLS and sort of where, where the MLS is in its place in the global soccer community, which is kind of like, well, you know, you're an, you're a te- you're a European team and you know, you need help somewhere. It's a, it's a, it's a place to turn to look for some un like uh, uncut gems or whatever they, you yeah. may be able to find some diamonds in the rough. Uh, and then, you know, you're going to give the MLS money and then MLS teams are going to turn around and buy European players that are, you know, past their prime or have never, you know, a, a Markel Fultz type player who has never like actualized their potential and, uh, you know, try to make a run at it that way. I don't know how, MLS as a league will shake or emerge from that as something a little bit more than that. But right now, I guess that's sort of the life cycle of an MLS team. Well, I think to, to your point, I think that also when, when there's more money coming in from the European side, if teams are smart and sort of invest that in their own internal academies, uh, if you can keep more American players doing their youth soccer here uh, and then transitioning into the MLS instead of going over to Europe early and we can sort of develop our own homegrown players, uh, I think that you could see both the the national team, uh, both the men's and women's, uh, continue to uh, ascend. The men's team is in dire straits. The women's team just needs to continue doing what they're doing and get paid equally, frankly. Um but if we can keep our, our our you know keep our kids here, we we certainly have an idea of how youth soccer works in this country. We have youth soccer leagues coming out of our eyeballs. Um, but what I don't think we do is we we don't know how to make that next step to really develop a professional uh, soccer player from from a really good high school player to that that next level. And I don't know if that's just because like the NCAA doesn't have the the same cachet, you know. And maybe that's the, the the jump is that there there should be uh, sort of a, a an intermediate league or or these MLS um, well, academies I mean, the that M- they can go MLS to. MLS is is sort of the intermediate league. Like it's mm. you know it's I, I think it's possible to for the MLS to grow into something that can complete uh, compete with the. The English Premier League and uh, was it Bundesliga and some of the other Syria other big what's what uh, the the Italian top league is, is Syria uh, A yeah yeah so there's other those top European leagues if you can you know bolster the MLS I think maybe in in a generation we can start knocking on that door but 
it's just not there yet and it's going to take i think like you say gene some of that homegrown talent wanting to stay here if it can be a kid grows up in seattle you know the sounders have a, a huge following if a kid grows up in seattle and this kid has you know all world talent as opposed to dreaming i want to go and play for man u or i want to go and play for arsenal or i want to go play for Real, uh, Real Madrid goes, I want to play for the Sounders or I want to play for the Red Bulls or I want to play for the Union, you know, something like that. Then that's how the the tide begins to turn. But right now, you know, we're the, from a hockey perspective, we're the Swedish elite league, you know, you know, some good kids start here and then get plucked off for, for other teams and other other leagues and it's an uphill battle um one one of the things i'll say with that is for not being the top tier league in the world the mls has done a damn good job it's it's unique in american sports you know the top four you know the big four sports are the you know best leagues in the world in their sport um mls is not but it's it makes the argument for, okay, not a big four, you know, it's a big five MLS is in that conversation more so every year. And that, that's a huge achievement by not being the number one league in the world in their sport. Well, it's nice to have a soccer league that act, you know, one that's stuck. Yeah. Yeah. Because there have been all these like start stops and like every, you know, world cup that has come and gone since we were growing up, particularly the one I was at 94 when 94 it was in the, was in the U S yeah. Yeah, there was always just talk like, oh, well, this is going to finally bring soccer to the United States. And the, and it really, I mean, I mean, boy, seeing the MLS grow up into what it's become has been pretty cool. And, you know, yeah. it's, it's, it is, it has been a punchline in the past, you know, where, you know, we would say like, oh, you know, union. <laughs> and, you know, hey, guys, well, you know, union are doing well. But now it's, a legitimate thing to bring up and, and have a conversation about. Whereas before it was a bit of a, like, you know, five for five, like, ha ha ha. Now it's more of a real thing. Well, and the interesting yeah. thing is following these American players from the MLS that do go over to Europe. I think you're, you're seeing that these European teams are find that attractive because you can be attracting a whole new stateside audience by, which, you know, you can just watch, just look at your TV schedule and see the amount, uh, you know, of European soccer games that are showing up on weekends. Um, you can watch basically every game of the English Premier League, almost every game of the German League, almost sure. every game of the Italian League. Uh, not only watch them, but like with English commentary, which I think was sort of another barrier to entry was when I was growing up, if I wanted to watch something that was not the... Um, you know, the English League or not the, uh, you know, the the Champions League, you know, I was watching it in, in another language, you know what I mean? Which right. you're, you're seeing the game, but so much of how I learned to enjoy sports came from having it taught to me by the announcers. I, I, I would not understand hockey if not for Gene Hart. I would not understand football if not for Merrill Reese. I, I certainly would not appreciate baseball maybe understood it not appreciated if 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 not for harry callis you know there is a certain amount of that that you need that 
sort of translation to kind of draw people in. And the other thing is, I think that's going to be really exciting for the union is I think that by winning the supporters shield, even if they, they lose on Tuesday, which I, I really don't think they will. And I, I hope they don't, but they are already guaranteed a place in like the North American champions league. So you will get to see mm-hmm. this team against some of the best teams in uh, Central America and in, in Mexico, which you know, those are respected global leagues, and that's a really high prestige thing to to be able to watch, to see these great teams. I don't know if, if travel is going to change soon that you'll be able to actually see some of these uh, some of these teams come up, you know, come up and play in the U.S. Uh, or if the union's going to be able to travel down there. But but that's a huge boon for the uh, union fan base to be able to see their team play in like the elite, like L.A. Galaxy sort of. Um, same sort of uh, grouping that 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 those teams played in. I think I think it's a, it's a really exciting time to sort of if you had, weren't originally a son of Ben, it's a really good time to to buy in on Philadelphia's MLS team. Yeah, and I mean to your point, Gene, I will stop and watch a Chelsea game um, to see Christian Pulisic. I mean, when, when he's healthy, right? Uh, play. So yeah, I mean, seeing these seeing these guys. Uh, you know, across the pond, it's pretty cool. But yeah, I mean, and that's the thing is you're going to be, you know, it's a lot more attractive if you watch a German league game to see a player that's, you know, started their career, uh, you know, at Sporting KC or, you know, hopefully yeah. we're going to be able to start to see guys that started their careers playing in the for the Philadelphia Union that you'll be able to follow into some big time events like the, you know, the 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 Champions League of, of Europe. That That'll be exciting. Well, and this you know, this game Tuesday is probably the most excited I've been for a union game ever. Um, you know, I, I was fairly high on them uh, last season, but you know, if last season was '07, this feels like '08. You know, I don't. I'm not saying the union's gonna win it all. Sure. Yeah. But it, it feels like okay, they they took a baby step here. And, you know, maybe this year they can make that that run. This is the most excited I've been for a union game in their existence, I think. Yeah, that that playoff game last year against uh, NYCFC was pretty fucking balls wild. Yeah. And and just for those that don't remember, uh, (laughs) the three of us had to really work to watch that game last year. Uh, There was a, a Comcast outage, I believe, at some point. And um, we all had different methods and variations of being able to <laughs> yeah. to keep that game. Uh, I think uh, you know between watching it on TV, streaming it on our phones, watching it on like a Twitter, um, uh, like a Twitter live feed. Um, I yeah, really I should go back in the archives and listen to that episode. Yeah, I, I yeah. really, I really hope because I am, I am really jazzed for this game Tuesday. I've already like got my uh got my menu planned and uh so oh what's on the menu gene uh, i think i'm gonna do i think i'm gonna do uh, do wings like i would for like a like a like a regular football right, playoff game call. um i've got my blue and gold like already laid out and um you know I, i'm thinking I, I the only thing i need to do is figure out what i'm gonna get what i'm gonna drink i need like a what a good union cocktail would be you know um maybe something with with blue curacao or something i don't know or gold tequila i don't know and here it is, an 8 o'clock game. It's a 90-minute game. The kids do have an opportunity to watch the, the game in its entirety. Even though it's on a school night, 
Yeah. It's within the realm of possibility to consume this event with their eyeballs. Uh, and it won't end after midnight or some nonsense like that. Um, but you know what I want to consume? I want to consume some Chuck's penalty box. Thank you, Dave. I knew that's where you're going. I did not know that the penalty box was edible, but here we are. Um, Gene, Gene, who is in your surprisingly edible penalty box? Well, well, it's, it's not food related. Uh, and, Honest to God, this may be a repeat. I, I d- didn't go back and, and check, but um, it's that time of year where, um, you know, you go into your favorite retail spot and you hear cute Christmas music. And I got to say, like, especially with the way the weather has been, like, it just does not quite feel quite, you know, there's not that, that brisk air, you know, that you sort of want when you're thinking about maybe going and picking out a Christmas tree or, or going out to, to do some Christmas shopping. But one thing that's unavoidable is if you're watching sports, you can't avoid car commercials. And this particular year, I find something most egregious. Uh, I hate car commercials in general. I hate holiday commercial, uh, sports commercials, um, maybe more than, 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 or holiday car commercials, maybe more than any other type. But there's one in particular that really drives me batty, and see if you guys have seen this one. Uh, I, I don't honestly remember what the, the make is, because as soon as I see the, the two actors show up on screen, I immediately feel my blood pressure rise, and I can't make out the logo because of all the blood in my eyeballs. Um, <laughs> so uh, the wife comes in, and she puts two... Um, expensive uh sports watches like a like a like a like a like an apple watch one red and one black on the table and says to her husband oh honey i did some early christmas shopping and he goes oh i did some christmas shopping too and they go out into the driveway and there's uh, a black and red suv and she runs to the black suv and he's like i was gonna wear use the black one and she's like but i love it and he's like well i guess i like red here's why that pisses me off point the first nobody buys people i think it's a gmc commercial yeah nobody buys people suvs for christmas if i was to go to a dealership not buy one suv but two and not tell anybody not tell my wife not tell the bank i i guess you have to tell the bank but like if i was just to to show up at home with two suvs that i've i've now purchased for my household (laughs) as a surprise um i I, the amount of trouble that i would be in would probably result in me having to then uh buy a lawyer for new year's um but i and i just don't understand i guess maybe this is my second point why car com- car companies think that the marketing strategy at the end of the year is let's convince people to buy their loved ones' cars as gifts? Like, how small is that market? Like, who are you really selling to? <laughs> Especially if you're not like a, like, okay, maybe I get it if you're Lexus. Like, maybe, because you're so stupid rich probably anyway that you're the type of person that would insist on the giant red ribbon. Um, but... If you're selling like a, a like a Hyundai or whatever, you know, or, or Toyota, like nobody buys a Toyota for a gift. Maybe a used Toyota if you're turning 17 and you're learning to drive. Um, but that's not the same thing. So why not market like what people are really shopping for? Like, God damn it. 
my goddamn transmission blew and I have Christmas bills. Here's a new <laughs> cheap car that you can buy since your fucking transmission blew. Like, why isn't that the marketing? Why is the marketing sexy white people spending way too much money? Why isn't it like cruddy white people who are done <laughs> with bills? Especially during a goddamn pandemic. Nobody's buying a car for Christmas during COVID. Nobody's going into a dealership during a pandemic. So car companies, you should be in the penalty box. All right. Gene is ready to celebrate the holidays, but not the Honda days. Uh, car commercials that advertise buying a car as a surprise for your spouse. You're unrealistic. You are unfounded. I've never heard of it happening. You're getting a 10-minute game misconduct. Start advertising, buying used jalopies for your sweetheart. All right, Dave, who is in your penalty box this evening? I'm gonna keep it, I'm gonna keep it with the commercialism theme here and moving into the holiday season. The you know, the absolute hottest gift this year or the thing that's on every kid's christmas list you know if they are of a certain age is either a playstation 5 or an xbox whatever the hell the new xbox is <laughs> and i gotta tell you the absolute war in the trenches to obtain a playstation 5 is is like the virtue like the the online equivalent of like storming the beaches of normandy uh it's so amazingly difficult like so he, the word from sony is they had no idea that this level of demand would be there for their product like how are you stupid like how dumb can you be you still can't get a switch like if you look if you go online now to try to buy a switch good luck and that shit's been out for a couple of years now we're in the middle of a pandemic everyone's stuck at home uh, you know the like animal crossing was like a big hit jesus christ that's like a game where you just like plant things and sell stuff and uh, build desks and shit what, what makes you think a playstation 5 isn't gonna blow people's minds when they're stuck in their house to the point where they would spend half a thousand dollars on a video game system to occupy themselves while they're in a quarantine and to say now and, and to and to continue to advertise it is this is like a slap in the face it's it's a slap by a, a phallus in the face of everyone who's been trying to obtain a PlayStation 5 in this uh, in this war zone out there. And it's not like the old days where you could just go and, and camp out at a Best Buy overnight on release day and they give you a ticket and say, okay, you're one of the 25 people. No, it's all online now. So not only are you competing against every other Joe who wants a PS5, now you're competing against the bots and the retailers <laughs> and the secondary market and these scumbags who I've waged war for years when I was a box office manager and a concert venue. And you got these people marking this stuff up to $1,800 it's impossible. Forget it. You're in Walmart. It gets in your cart. The site crashes. It's impossible. So I, I don't know who I'm putting in the penalty box. I'm gonna put. I'm gonna put 
big box stores. I'm going to put Sony. I'm going to put uh, uh, resellers. And I'm going to put just the, 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 the whole system at large. I'm going to put D- Donald Trump is in there for this. I don't hear Joe Biden talking about how he's going to help me get a PlayStation 5. What? What is what did Obama do anything to help me get a PlayStation Five in his his eight years in office? No. So you know what? I'm shutting it all down. And now because because of you, Sony, I'm stuck watching the Eagles every Sunday instead of playing next generation video games. So for that, that's my penalty box for this week. Merry Christmas. Have a good Thanksgiving, everybody. Gene, I'm really happy though that you you were able to get a PlayStation Five. Thanks. I, I got lucky. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't even know what to say with that that is a a wall street level uh, not a wall street a network level uh ran here um so for sony obama trump <laughs> biden for the whole damn system if you want the truth you can't handle the truth you are getting a five game suspension don't act like you don't know the demand this has been going on for three generations of playstations so sony at all you're going in the box okay chuck who's in your penalty box nothing compared to yours um so in my penalty box this week is entman's donut holes and hear me out. The serving suggested size is four. <laughs> now, I don't know if you've ever had Entman's Donut Halls before. If you're unfamiliar with the concept, um, think of like Dunkin' Donuts mun- Munchkins, or if you don't know, those are just little tiny um, round donut-like objects that uh, these ones are glazed, and they call them donut holes because you imagine like you're poking the hole out of the donut. And Entenmann's ones are phenomenal. I've been, you know, chowing down on these for for two decades at least, and they were favorites of mine in high school. Favorites when I was a stoner. Um, now <laughs> buy for the kids, you know, once in a blue moon. And the serving suggestion size is four. There are eight servings in a box. And I would just like to humbly beg that you change the serving, you know, say that the the recommended serving is half a box. Because <laughs> there is no way you sit down to a box of Endemans donut holes and have four. You don't have eight. You open them up and God help you if you're watching TV because you're going to eat them all. They taste like nothing but heaven. And I think it's irresponsible reckless and um and and potentially um you know actionable that they say that the recommended serving size is four so entman's donut holes uh you say four is the serving size i say 32 you're getting a two-minute minor for misleading advertising all right that is all the time we have for tonight uh this is your weekly reminder if you haven't done so already please remember to rate review and subscribe to the show on itunes or wherever you get your podcasts also check us out on social media facebook twitter and instagram just search podadelphia if you have any more time in your podcast listening week be sure to check out the whip around for all the week's weird news so uh until we 
uh, speak very soon uh, later this week. Uh, have a great day at work, everybody. We are out of here. <laughs>